Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters is a full talent acquisition suite with candidate relationship management and an applicant tracking system. All in one modern platform with an extensive marketplace of more than 300 vendors and a user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters alike love. Companies from IKEA to Bosch to BlaBlaCar leverage smart recruiters to attract, select and hire the talent they need to grow and expand their business. Visit smart recruiters at www.smartrecruiters.com to find out why companies across the globe consider them to be the number one ATS replacement. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 110 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Effective use of content is a critically important aspect of modern recruitment marketing. But in our fast-changing landscape, many employers are struggling to create and amplify it appropriately. My guest this week is Audra Knight, Recruitment Operations Manager at Tenable Network Security. Audra is well known in the industry for being fantastic at using content marketing for recruiting. And there are so many practical tips in this interview, it really is a must-listen. Hi Audra and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Matt. I'm a big fan of your podcast, longtime listener. Well, that's uh, that's brilliant to hear, and it's great to have great to have you on the show. Could you, for for the, the for very few people who are listening who may not have uh, um, you know may, may not have heard of you before, um, could you just introduce yourself and tell us um, who you are, and what you do? Sure, absolutely. I work for a company called Tenable, and we are a global cybersecurity company and growing super fast, which is fantastic for our, our recruitment team. I started in a, uh, let's see, it was a recruitment marketing specific role, which is really where my heart is, and I love it. Um, but we've grown so much now. I have a small team. Uh, I still own the marketing strategy, but I have someone that does social media and goes to events for me and also does the internship program, which is a huge help because I work off-site and she's on-site, which is fantastic. And then I also have an analytics person, which is really useful because that's a little bit of a challenge. It's not my strong point, if I'm honest. And then this summer we had a video intern, which was really just the greatest thing ever for me. I was thrilled. We pumped out all these fun, short, different videos about our culture in different areas of targeted um, spot pockets. And it was just really fantastic. And he did he did such a great job that we actually hired him full time in our marketing department, which is I'm thrilled for him, but also for us, because now we can still use him occasionally for our video content, which is fantastic. That's brilliant. And um, content is really what we're going to sort of talk about in our in our conversation today, because it's such a it's such a big thing in recruitment marketing at the moment. And I think it would be good to kind of drill down, find out a bit more about what you guys um, what you guys do and really the, the, the practicalities of it. So when it comes to content, you know, what type of content marketing do you do? You do? What sort of content does your does your, does your team produce? Oh, great. So I think when people first think content, they think, 
you know, posts or blogs that come out from your careers channels or maybe marketing if you partner with them, your corporate channels. And it's definitely that. But I think there's so much more to it. I look at a much bigger picture when I think about it's also what you encourage employees to post, recruiters to post. It's also your profiles. I mean, the recruiters profiles, the hiring managers profiles, and even employees on LinkedIn or possibly Facebook or Twitter. Um, that's, I think, fantastic content. And also, I don't think we think enough about job descriptions. We do think about our career side a lot, but job descriptions are huge for content. I mean, that's seen probably more than anything for job seekers, and that's often the very first or second touch. So that's really a focus for us too, is job description. So it's just a bigger picture of so many different pieces where you can kind of add content and you kind of have to start, you know, with a strategy right from the beginning. I think that's very interesting what you say about job descriptions, because, you know, I've always very firmly been of the belief that, uh, you know, that that's the biggest sort of set of content that, that companies have. Um, and, and so many people, uh, you know, so many people don't, don't do anything, anything with them or see them as part of their, their marketing, which is a, which is a, which is a real shame. Um, I know lots of people um, really want to, uh, you know, produce content and, and, and do content-led recruitment marketing. Where, where do you start with a content strategy? How, how do you get started on this kind of journey? I am actually not a fan of the sort of one size fits all. I think a lot of times it's just like, well, there's an event, we'll go take pictures, we'll post them. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. It shows a cool story. But I like to get really kind of targeted before I even start to think about a strategy. So with my team, we sit down and we look at, we have a hiring plan, which not everyone has. I feel very lucky. We create um, The whole company creates it sort of this time of the year, sort of end of the year, for the whole next year of how we're going to hire. If we're going to hire you know, R&D in these months and sales in these months, and it's super useful for us because we can say, what's next? So say, I look at that, one example recently was we saw that we're going to be hiring a lot of R&D in Dublin. So I talked to the recruiter who, who recruits those positions and said, well, tell me more about these people. And he kind of helped me develop a persona and understand the person. And we found some this common software that they're all going to need to use. And it's also a really cool high tech kind of software that showcases our company as very cutting edge. So I was like, perfect. All right, here's our campaign. So then we can start saying, okay, we're going to create a video about what this new software is. We found a really funny angle because it's really tricky to say if you're reading it, it's called Kubernetes, but if you're reading it, it's, it's unusual. So we kind of made it some jokes with it in the video to have some fun with it, but then we explained it. And then we actually started really putting out these targeted ads with that video to people in Dublin who also use you know similar technologies. So the whole goal of that was to actually get applications and hires and reach because you know we're not as well known in Dublin, so it's also fantastic to spread our reach. But I like to just start from this really beginning saying, what do we need to hire? Okay, let's build our content around that instead of just kind of going to events and posting cool stuff. And that's, and again, that's fine. But I also like to really be strate- more strategic about it. That that makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's obviously a fantastic way to, 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 to build the strategy. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you're having lots of success, which we can, we can talk a bit more about sort of metrics um, later in the, in the conversation. Before that, though, I think it would be interesting just to talk about um, some of the channels where you distribute your content. So um, I think the, 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 obviously the biggest channel that there is, and the, the, one that people perhaps have um, the most difficulty with um, is Facebook. So uh, d- talk, talk us through your thoughts on Facebook as a channel and uh, how you guys go about making the most out of it. 
Sure. I agree that it's definitely kind of challenging for some people. They think it's more personal and not jobs. I often hear um, that people aren't on Facebook looking for jobs. And when I hear that, I say, you're absolutely right. They're not. But the point is they are on Facebook. So if you do it right, if you really do it right, they're going to see your jobs where they're not going to see them somewhere else. And a perfect example is my own story. I was on Facebook just hanging out one morning, and I, I have this great group I like that's an employment branding group. And the one of the people shared a, a job that's an employment branding job. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was not looking for a job. I was not on Facebook doing that. I would not have seen it if they had put it on Indeed or LinkedIn or anywhere else because that's I was on Facebook and it was really targeted. So it wasn't spammy because I was in that group. So clearly I would be interested in possibly a job. So that's one example of how it's done right. And for me, that ended up getting me the job. I would have never seen it or ever applied. So I think Facebook is a really fantastic place to be, but you do have to be smart about it and not spammy and not having like a careers page that's just kind of posting jobs because they're not relevant to your followers, although they're not even seeing it anyway because of organic reach. Um, that's kind of the next thing with Facebook is I am a little controversial, I think, in that I don't think that your followers, if you have a careers page, really matter at all. And the reason is because a, they're not seeing your posts because organic reach is down to like 3%. And when I say organic, I know you know, Matt, but if, if someone else does it, it just means non-paid. So when you just post um, a picture or a job, um, you know, 3% of your followers see it. So you really, if you want anyone to actually see your content, you need to pay. And then if you're going to pay, you might as well keep keep it really targeted. So again, like maybe target people in Dublin that, you know, had certain tech stack or something like that. So I don't, I feel like it's really important to just use the ads and they're super, super cheap, cost effective. The reach is fantastic. I mean, much cheaper than job boards than LinkedIn. I've had really great success with um, Facebook ads and the targeting is really so fantastic. So in that sense, it's not going to be spammy. It's going to be useful because these people are so targeted that that, that job is going to actually be useful or possibly, you know, be something they want to apply to. Um, so I, yeah, I think with Facebook, it's just about, kind of understanding the platform now it's changed now and you just really have to pay to play and also video and that's you can talk about that later but facebook video is just the way to go for any kind of content at all just a just a kind of quick follow-up question so in, in terms of sort of running facebook ads um is that something that you do in-house or um do you do you outsource that and if you do it in-house what level of expertise is required to do, to do it um properly in your opinion that is a really fantastic question uh, I've seen teams do it both ways. You, there are agencies that can do it for you, and that's fine because they have great experience in that. I taught myself on YouTube about a year ago, I would say. I just spent a day watching different YouTube videos, and they're fantastic. And it only took me a few days to kind of get the basics. And what you do is you start with what's called boosting posts. That's kind of the very simple beginner version. And you just pick 5 or $10 to just experiment. And you pick some targeting. And then you see the results. And if they're as great as I say they are, which I think they will be, then you can then go to your boss or your director and say, okay, let's put a little more into this. And let's get a little more advanced. And then once you feel like you've really got the boosting posts and it's so easy, then you go to the ads manager, which is what I do myself. And it's, again, it's very easy, but just a little more, there's a little more targeting, a little more, there's ads and ad sets. So that's why YouTube is really useful to teach you. But uh, we do it all in-house um, and we've had not a bazillion hires, but we've definitely had trackable tons of applications, some hires, um, and it's fantastic for reach. Like I said, um, like within Dub like Dublin, we had to, 
we're kind of a new office and so people didn't really know about us. So it's really good for that. For like five or ten dollars, you can get a thousand people in that area in that industry seeing your ad. And the tricky part is it's often the first touch or they're at the top of the funnel and they're saying, well, who is this tenable? So they're not probably not just gonna go ahead and apply, to be honest. They're gonna probably look in other places or they're gonna think about you in the future. And I saw this when I was doing one an ad in Singapore where I was getting tons and tons of clicks but no one was applying and I was it was driving me nuts. So I randomly fell upon Glassdoor and I saw that Singapore was our number one location, which it had never been before. So what I can not exactly prove, but kind of assume is that the people hadn't heard of us, but they saw my ad. So then they went over to Glassdoor and said, you know, what is this company? What are they doing? Checked us out. And then of course I did notice that there was an uptake in applications from Glassdoor in that month. So it can be challenging when it comes to, you know, hires and uh, applications, but it can be done. But for reach, it's a no brainer for sure for awareness and reach. Fantastic. And uh, sort of, you know, just going through the other main channels. Um, what about LinkedIn? Because I think LinkedIn content is really interesting at the moment. You know, some some things going on that are very different to Facebook. Um, and also perhaps operating in a different way to the way that people think. What's, what's your take on LinkedIn content? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see if it still becomes relevant in the future years because it's kind of getting overtaken by a lot of automated ATS and job boards. And I think that's making it kind of a place that's scaring people off, if I'm honest, where you see the recruiter who's just posting a job a day and they're not targeted. And it's not all bad. I do know people that really like that and it does get out that you're hiring, but it's it's kind of making LinkedIn a little spammy, I think. So hopefully it'll still be okay in the future. But what we do is we have a, a content library, which started with a simple email. And it would say, you know, here's our relevant campaigns and here's some example. It had Twitter posts and it had Facebook posts so that recruiters, if they're super busy or hiring managers, could just they can just copy and paste it in LinkedIn and help share the spread. But it was more targeted about what we're really doing and about our culture um, and, and less about here's just one you know random job. So that has done pretty well. But again, I don't the reach I don't think is that as good just because there's so many people not spending their time every day on LinkedIn. So another thing we really focus on, which I think is the most important thing on LinkedIn, is your your hiring manager's profiles. As recruiters, we all have fantastic LinkedIn profiles, right? Because that's what we do. It's where we spend our time. But I don't think a lot of times hiring managers just don't think about it. They don't spend time there. So we're just starting it now. So um, really training our hiring managers on how they can improve their profile because those are get the ones getting seen. Job seekers are they're looking at a job and especially if they get an interview for sure. They're going on LinkedIn seeing who they'd be working for, you know, what the company looks like. So if we can get our hiring managers to have some cool recruitment content, maybe some videos or, you know, any kind of landing pages or why they should work for the company really. Cuz most hiring managers don't have that. And it's crazy because people are looking these job seekers want to see who they're working for. And if you can tell them on that page while they're there, why they should work for you, it's fantastic. So it's just a matter of some training and we're just rolling that out now. And finally, when it comes to channels, what about what about Twitter? Is that is that still relevant for talent acquisition? So when people ask me, do I need to be on Twitter? Recruiters ask me that a lot. I say, absolutely not. It all depends on your audience, you know, who you're hiring. If you're hiring salespeople, I would say they probably are on Twitter, but you need to just talk to the people, you're, you know, your company, go to the salespeople and say, are you spending time on Twitter? If not, are you spending time here? You know, what are you doing online? Find out who you're hiring, where they're spending their time online. And if they're on Twitter, fantastic. Then you should be spending time on Twitter. It really just depends on your audience. Um, for us, we do find that um, salespeople, we do find that R&D for us are on Twitter, which is, which is fantastic. So we do 
a lot of most of our tweeting is around events because then the content is really targeted because the event is using this one common hashtag. The people all have something in common, like we went to Grace Hopper, so it was women in technology. So in that hashtag, what we did was we shared a video of our ladies of technology, you know, some advice about how to get into the industry or how to, um, you know, deal with some challenges of being a woman in the industry. So it was super targeted because it was going to people that were going to find that useful. And hopefully, again, they would find it interesting and useful. And it's not just like, here's a job. But it's once they see the video, then guess what? Then they can click through to a landing page with some jobs if they want. But it's all about um, making sure you have the right hashtags because otherwise no one's really going to see your tweet. So events is really fantastic for that. So you're obviously very passionate about video because it's kind of it's kind of come up several times in the conversation in the, in the conversation already. What why uh, should recruitment teams be investing in video? Um, and for those that do, what are some of the sort of common mistakes they might be making? Sure, it all started for me at a marketing conference called Inbound that was about a year and a half ago, uh, and it was just two thousand marketers, not recruitment types, which I thought would be really interesting, and it was. And the big thing that they were all talking about, including the keynote was video. And they were just saying, you know, the stats are ridiculous. You know, if you need to invest in that, you just go into marketing websites and just put in video statistics marketing. You get every stat you could ever need to kind of get buy-in from your executives. Um, For us, we looked at our Facebook post video versus photos, and the reach was about 400% higher for for all around, you know, averaging everyone, the the click-throughs were higher, the reactions were higher. Um, And since I've been thinking about video, I see myself when I'm on Facebook, I'm scrolling through and whenever there's a video, you just can't help but stop for a few seconds at least and kind of watch. It just attracts your brain to it. I also think it's fantastic for showing emotion where you can't really get that from, not as as easily, I don't think, from text or from photos. Um, Telling a story, it's better for that. The retention rates are really fantastic for those statistics. Um, and we've seen that with our um, video job descriptions now. We're doing, we're kind of piloting those along with text to see um, how long people spend on there. So I, I just got really super into it. And then, of course, we hired this intern. We saw these great results, especially on Facebook, for it working better. Um, for me, like I said, I really, for this intern, we worked on really different videos that differentiated ourselves from other companies that were very targeted. So, you know, certain, maybe just salespeople in the UK, that's a video we're just finishing. Um, because I see too many kind of generic videos that I don't think are very useful on career sites where it's like one employment brand video and they all say our employees are really fantastic and our CEO is the best. And those things might be true, but if everyone's saying it, you know, who cares? It's just not interesting. And they're often they're often overproduced. So they just feel like a big yucky commercial. And for me, I don't want to watch that. I'd much rather see an employee with their phone saying, today I went to this cool event or I went to this conference because my company paid. Or I think the future of video for sure is going to be more, less produced, you know, more authentic if I can use that horrible buzzword. But <laughs> I think less produced is important. And just feeling like it's in the moment. Live video I think is going to be huge and we're going to start some of that. Um, Versus, so it's a story, really, and not a commercial. And um, it's been going great for us, and I'm going to definitely keep it up. Because on Facebook alone, they're saying that it's going to be all video. And I think about four years is the prediction. So I think it's really important to embrace that now. We mentioned job descriptions right at the beginning of the conversation. What's your advice for um, employers around using job descriptions as as, as content, or or, or at very least making making them work harder for them? 
Yeah, I think it's too easy. And I've done it in the past is just to kind of copy uh, an old job description, paste it in there, post it and go. Um, I think something really funny that I thought was interesting was my friend James Ellis. He has a podcast too, which is great. And he said, you know, your career site doesn't matter at all, which is kind of controversial. But what his explanation, I think, was spot on. Um, and we kind of touched on it already is that people aren't really they're not going to your career site first. They might go there if they have an interview to do some research, which is great. But they're going, they're landing right on these job descriptions from Indeed, from Google, from I don't whatever job boards you're using. They're going right to your job descriptions. They're missing your career site. So we need to focus more on having some culture content on your job descriptions um, and what's in it for them. I think it's too often, it's too easy to say we need this, 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 and this. You know, apply today. Where. They want to know, well, what's in it for me? Why should I work for your company? So kind of we're trying to flip that a bit and say, you know, we need this, but here's what we're going to give you. And then also a bit about our culture, um, just rolling out these um, templates so that at the bottom of the job descriptions, it talks about our teams, our culture, and hopefully um, for engineering jobs, it's kind of engineering stuff. And for sales, it's more sales content. Uh, That depends on your ATS, though. I know that's a challenge for some and not everyone can do that. But you definitely can spin the messaging a bit more to say, you know, what's in it for them and maybe add a few photos or more about your culture. So it kind of becomes a mini career site, each of your job descriptions. I think that's ideal. One of the biggest um, sort of objections, if you like, to content that I seem to uh, come across, um, you know, particularly from some of the clients that I work with, is that there's, um, you know, there's very little time to um, to actually create it. With so much content needed, um, you know, where do they get this content from? Do they have to invest huge amounts of money to um, to generate it? What's 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 your what's your view on that? I, I think it's a very very common problem for sure. And you can outsource it. I have heard of some companies that are, that will do it for you. I think I believe the Muse is kind of playing in that area now. Um, it makes me a little nervous because, you know, my team really understands our culture. They're there to go to events and take pictures. So I prefer it internal. But I have heard, you know, people outsourcing it. I would start by looking at your resources internally. So for like for me, I'm not actually I don't like doing blogs that much, and I'm not a fantastic writer. So what I've been doing is talking to, you know, we have a few recruiters that really have a side interest in writing. So they can do some blogs for us. We have some engineers that also like writing. So they can do a few vlogs for us. And that's even, they're going to have even more relevant content than I am about engineering. Um, You may have someone that does um, video editing that just happens to work in marketing. They could help you with editing if maybe you took the video on their phone. Um, Definitely just look internally to what's out there. Talk to your marketing department. You can repurpose some of their content if it's relevant relevant for job seekers versus just consumers. Um, Also, if you do have content, it's super important to repurpose it. Um, You know, you spend all this time on a blog or a video, you don't want to just post it once. Uh, It depends on the platform, of course. But I mean, for Twitter, you can repost that thing once a week, and it's not going to bother anybody. So definitely repurposing it, finding other resources, people to help, and then curating other content. Um, it doesn't have to be all stuff about you. In fact, that's not even the best preference. It's, it could also be curated content that is other things that people find useful that would be relevant for you. So, maybe, you know, in my sense, cybersecurity or possibly career tips, things like that. So you don't, it doesn't have to be all stuff that you've created at all. It can be super valuable and be something else that someone else wrote. And that's okay. So just finding other resources to help, I think, is huge because you can't do it all yourself, especially if you just have this one team of recruiters that's really busy and no one else. Um, So talk to marketing. See what other talents you have with inside your company. And if you need to, you know, you could outsource it. 
So what kind of sort of success have you seen from this? Where, um, you know, how, how are you measuring return on investment? What, what kind of metrics uh, are you able to track? Sure. This really all depends, I think, on your tech stack. If you really have a dusty old ATS that does like source of hire, that's, you know, you type in your source of hire, which is the worst thing in the world for me, it's going to be challenging. You're going to have that in that case, you're going to have to look at, um, you know, how many comments, how many views. Each platform does give you some great metrics, you know, Facebook insights, LinkedIn gives you metrics, Twitter, the same thing. So you, you can get metrics from them about um, awareness and reach. And that's fine if that's your goal and there's nothing wrong with that. If you have the right tech stack, you can actually then start tracking them right through to applications and hires. And of course, that's ideal. Um, we are able to because we have um, Clinch and we create our own landing pages. It's a recruitment marketing platform. So what I'll do is I'll have a video ad on Facebook. They'll click through, ideally, to one of these Clinch pages. And then it's a, a page that's a nice marketing page about our culture and whatever this targeted campaign is. And then a few relevant jobs. So if they then click through and apply on our ATS, we can keep, we can track them and we can track hires. But it, it can be challenging again, because even if they are really interested and they click through, they may not finish the application because they're busy. And then next week, you know, they, they go ahead and go into Google and then put in the, the website and apply then. So it's, it's not, they're not all going to be trackable, but it's definitely possible if you have the right, either a CRM or an ATS that also that does some kind of CRM capability. Um, it really depends on your your tech stack for sure. You make a really valid point there about the the, the journey of the sort of potential candidates and the fact that they may see something, uh, you know, in one channel and apply on another, and that, that it is a process in terms of you know nurturing people and um, you know bringing them into your brand and and getting them to to apply. So it's a yeah, it's definitely a really interesting area. Which companies do you think are, are getting it getting it right? What are some of your sort of favorite examples? I really look up to um, Indeed and uh, Brian Cheney's work. He was one of the first people I saw that ever had actually hired a video person on his employment branding team. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And that was kind of what I thought of a year later or two years probably later when I hired the intern because um, he produces some really cool um, videos and he gets to travel around to different places to really showcase what they're doing. Um, they also have that, in, I think it's inside Indeed. I hope I get that right. But the hashtag, uh, their employees are all using it like crazy. So I think they've done a fantastic job. And I also like Forrester Research. And what's interesting for me about them is that before I had really heard much about them or kind of started seeing their recruitment content, I thought of them as kind of a really boring company that I would never dream of working for because I'm not a you know analytics person. And that could just be me, but it, I thought, oh, no, no, thank you. But since I've seen their content, I see that they're totally have the fun people. They're doing cool things. And that's why it's so important to even start and have content is because you want to tell your story. You know, you don't want people to assume from employment, employment reviews on whatever review sites or just assume from their friends, you want them to actually have your story along with those other resources as well to kind of balance it out and make sure, like in this case, they're telling this awesome story of a great place to work that I would not have known about if they had just said, you know what, we don't have time for content. So that's, I think they're good doing a great job with that. So final question, what's the future of re recruitment content? That's going to be really interesting. And I think it all it's going to be technology because the story isn't going to really change. Each company has a cool story of why you're going to work at their company. And that's not going to really change over time. You know, everyone has their story, but the technology and how you can tell the story 
is going to make things very, very different. And, and we're already seeing it for sure. Um, it's going to become, I think, really hyper personalized. So when you go to a career site, if you look at sales jobs, it's going to then every time you come back, serve you up only sales content. And Clinch is actually doing some of that for us now. So that's what I was saying. We have this template for engineering jobs so that they're only getting engineering content. And then they can they only see engineering jobs you know, on the side that are kind of relevant to them. And I've also seen a cool company in Europe, and I don't remember the name, but for their videos, their recruitment videos, um, and the name of the person is in the video and also like a picture with their name on it. And you could just kind of swap out names and it's super personalized to whether you work in sales or engineering. And I think we're just going to get much better about instead of more generic stuff in the same career page for every person that visits, it's going to be like, we know you, we know what you want. Here's what you're going to find valuable, you know, use, using machine learning to say, okay, you've, you've liked these blog posts. You've listened, you know, watched these for this long. So then you're going to get this information because you're going to find this information next. And marketing is starting to do that as well. Um, and, but I think we're not quite there yet, but it's going to definitely happen. And technology is going to make a huge difference with that. Audra, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks so much, Matt. That was really fun. My thanks to Audra. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, on Stitcher, or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching Recruiting Future in your app store. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week. And I hope you'll join me. This is my show.